805 on a Tuesday. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford and Bruff of the Morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program is just about underway. Uh, joining us in a moment, Thomas Drance from the Athletic Vancouver and Canucks Talk here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, the third hour of the Halbro experience is brought to you by Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. You can do so by visiting them on the internet, the safest, most trusted place in the world, campbell-pound.com today. To the phone lines we go. It's our good friend Thomas Drance here on the Halford & Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. What up, Drancer? Good morning, gentlemen. What a f- Okay, so for those that don't know, the Sportsnet 650 crew had a little outing last night. So we got to, we got the full Drance experience. You came dressed in a like cosplay of Dmitry Filipovich, which was awesome. You guys were dressed the exact same. You were sweating out minuscule NFL bets all night, and we got to drink bo- and we got to drink beer. So it was the trifecta. It was the full Drance experience. Last Dr- night. Drance was like so into the what was it? The Colts and the Steelers and what did, did you have? A bunch of prop bets on that Drancer. Yeah, I got. I had Pickens anytime oh, TD. Of course, he. he- Bobbled one in the end zone, yeah. uh, parlayed with Jonathan Taylor anytime TD, and that one of course played. So frustrating, frustrating from Pickens who uh, had a lot of targets, not yeah. a lot of catches. It was Didn't frustrating. That yeah, and then and then I also had uh, Colts to or sorry Steelers to win and the over, and that one played four to one. Can I also point out in this in this in this in this evening? Uh, Kenny Pickett throws a fade to George Pickens in the end zone, clearly overthrows him. Pickens does everything he can to try and haul in this improbable one-handed <laughs> catch. Drance's response, oh, he's got to have that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, I don't know. I don't, the replay, I think he should have had that. <laughs> the poor guy is trying everything in his power to help his small-handed quarterback's inaccuracy. <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and and Drance is killing the guy because he can't pull in a one-handed grab at the corner of the end zone. Anyway, uh, we got to move. I, I, Another uh, $7, $7 down the drain for Drance. <laughs> truly, truly, yeah, $7. No, the, um, <laughs> that's what I'll tell my wife. Um, the, uh, my, 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 favorite, my favorite part, though, Mike, is after Pickens failed to reel that in, I look at Dim and I say to him, I don't think I'm going to keep him referring <laughs> yeah. to my fantasy league. So, yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I, uh, I probably need help. <laughs> okay, let's focus on the hockey stuff here. we got a million different conversations that we've been kicking around the last couple of days. Um, so I came up with the harebrained theory yesterday that the, the agreement with the Canucks and Andre Kuzmenko was always going to be a one-year thing. And I, you know, part of that is based on the fact that he's kind of blown up. And if he keeps his pace going, he's going to be an 80 point guy. The fact that his agent tweeted out uh, the emojis of bags of money after he scored the OT winner. Yeah. I'm like, that seems like a message. (laughs) And then the fact that even if the Canucks really want to keep him and it really was going to be a long-term thing, they just aren't going to be able to afford him because there's so many other things that they got to do. Anyway, feel free to run with this in whatever direction and tell me I'm an idiot. If you like, I've been called it before. I'll probably be called it again. I mean, when the Canucks originally pitched Kuzmenko on coming here, like in Michigan, Alvin, Boudreaux, Rutherford, the full-court press to ultimately land him, which is looking like a coup two months into the season, you know, the game plan, what they spelled out was a long-term vision for him in Vancouver, right? How you can succeed here in your rookie year and how, you know, we can afford to keep you. And I, I remember learning that, last year and thinking, okay, well, that must mean 
that significant changes are coming in terms of reallocating cap space uh, up front. You know, uh, it, it, uh, to me, that meant there's redundancies up front in terms of a variety of players who we could see move. And, and the fact that, that that's such a crucial part of their pitch to Kuzmenko, I sort of assumed at the time, thinking it was loaded, the Canucks are going to make some moves to clear some money. That didn't happen, but they still landed Kuzmenko. And so now we're sort of in this spot where Kuzmenko's performed to what, the 99th percentile? That's, of what could I'd have been that. reasonably yep. expected. I'd, I'd you know, that. I mean, he's he, you're blown up is like the right way to to discuss this, right? I mean, this is not a guy who's come in and produced like a top six or even like a second line forward, right? This is top line forward stuff. The underlying numbers are through the roof, right? It, 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 the, the micro stat data suggests that he's not just a passenger. He's doing a fair bit uh, of, of carrying for that line in, in terms of the neutral zone. Um, the shot has played, he's figured out how to pass his impact on the power play has been significant. Looks like a perfect sort of, you know, contemporary net front player, both in terms of his playmaking and finishing from that spot. I mean, there's a lot to like, a lot to like about Andre Kuzmenko and the team also didn't clear space. So yeah, keeping him could be dicey now. All of that said, one thing I think we learned when the Canucks did the Miller extension is that this management group isn't going to be boxed in to feeling like they have to lose their really good players in order to clear cap space, right? You and I might disagree with them about whether or not they may need to do that. Uh, Certainly I do. But, you know, their vision of it is we'll figure it out later. Uh, We'll figure it out with, the pieces, you know, we, we view as inefficient as opposed to, you know, figuring it out with the players that are really good, are, are among our best. And so that logic would suggest to me that, you know, the, the commitment will be to finding it, finding that space, even if it proves to be a little bit painful, uh, rather than risk losing a player who's made this type of impact sort of willy-nilly because, uh, of of commitments made previously to you know I don't know pick pick your player right pick your Tanner Pearson or your Tyler Myers or your Brock Besser or your Connor Garland um, that's sort of how I think this crumbles that's how I think the team will view it um, I, I I would assume that keeping Andre Kuzmenko particularly given how he's performed and how he's fit in with Elias Pettersson uh, will be top priority um, and clearing the cap space to do it that's you know, likewise, going to be something that they'll just have to figure out. And, and this time, they'll actually have to do it because they are back in a cap crunch for next season without surgery. In theory, is it going to be easier to clear cap space this offseason with the um, expectation that the salary cap is going to go up? Well, we'll see what the salary cap goes up. I mean, you know... It was two weeks before the pandemic that the NHL was projecting a five to eight million dollar increase, and then three years later, we're like, "Ah, oh, four, four. It might be four million, right?" It's revenue dependent. It's revenue dependent. It's based on whether or not the players pay out um, the debt that they owe to owners for uh, salary payments continuing through a stretch of empty buildings during the 2021 season and, and during the bubble. Um, you know, it's going to be 
based off of that. So at the, at the end of the year, they'll do their accounting. And then, you know, there's been seasons where like NHL teams didn't know what the final cap number was until like days before the market opened. Yeah. Right. Uh, lots of grumbling on the draft floor. Like, how do we make moves when we don't know what the cap's going to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like that. Right. I always sort of look askance at the NHL's like after the board of governors meetings, very positive declarations about where the cap is going. Um, you know, that's just wind to me and it's wind to most NHL teams. NHL teams don't factor in an increase until it's confirmed, right? They, they assume that, okay, there might be a small increase, but you don't model a plan based on the best case scenario. You model it based on the, the sort of most conservative case scenario. And then if you get a, a bunch of extra space, that's like, great, great. We have extra space. Uh, once that happens, maybe, maybe, um, especially with the expectation of further increases. I mean, that's been the other big thing. You can't really move money beyond, um, you know, like term is what's really hard to move as opposed to the one year deals, uh, because of the expectation that years to come are also going to be flat. So that, that would really help for sure to have the cap increase, uh, as the NHL has predicted. And, you know, have an expectation of further increases going forward. I, I mean, that would definitely make things easier. It's just that from today's vantage point or thinking about it from a from the perspective of like, what can a team do in season? You know, I, I don't think anyone's going to be factoring in an increase in making trades ahead of the deadline. And it, by the way, if you hear a general manager at any point say, well, we factored in that we think the cap's going to go up to justify a move. Like if you hear that from an NHL general manager over the next four or five months, they're justifying a terrible trade. Well, I'm just wondering about the timing of, of the Horvat situation, right? Do, Do they, do they need to make a decision on him by the trade deadline? And then let's say they decide to re-sign him and they give him a sizable contract. Does that put them in a tough position heading into the off season, knowing that there's this cap crunch? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I really do need to model out the cap crunch. I remember when I sort of did it this past off season, I noted that they had money to spend if they wanted to, but every but it was delicate because every dollar that they spent um, beyond this year uh, would would eat into the space, you know, for next season. Particularly given that they don't have any meaningful expirings aside from Horvat, who is going to be more expensive to retain, and you don't get better losing. So. I, I, I really need to, like, I don't want to make any pronouncements on exactly how dire the crunch is, just right. because I really do need to model it out. Um, you know me, I like to be very specific. Yep. So mm-hmm. I, I haven't gone through that exercise yet, but, uh, but I will do so. With terms of, in terms of the Horvat dynamic, you know, I do think you want to make that decision before the deadline, for sure. Like, without question, you've got to make that decision, what, February 1st at the latest, Mm -hmm. at the very latest, which sort of puts a fair bit of pressure on the next two months for this team, right? I I don't think you can, I don't think you can hold Horvat, in my view anyway, if you're in sixth place in the Pacific Division and like three points out of a playoff spot with two teams between you and the eighth wildcard spot, right? Like that to me would be irresponsible. And I would imagine that Rutherford and Alvin, based on their previous commentary about losing players at the deadline um, would tend to agree. Now, if you're second in the Pacific and five points out of first, that's a very different equation in my view. 
right? But but there but that's also a difference between you, you know you have some hope of making the playoffs and being a playoff team, right? Once you get to February first, I think that decision has to come down pretty quick. You either do a deal or you got to move on from assets as valuable as those two guys. It does seem obvious though that if the Canucks are gonna try and clear cap space, the easiest place to start would be on the wings, right? With guys like Garland and maybe Besser. I just have no idea what the market is for those guys. And I, and I know I'm probably asking you for more specifics that you might need to model out, but like, do you have, is there, has there been, has there been any uh, clues as to what those guys might be worth? Are they even tradable right now, given everyone seems to be an LTI? Yeah, I don't know if they're tradable in season, but in the off season, I think you should be able to move good players. It's just the return sucks, right? Yeah. I mean, the Bjorkstrand, the Oliver Bjorkstrand template is kind of what you're looking at as, you know, I don't want to say a best case scenario, but certainly the market for scoring wingers with money and term committed to them. Um, teams have decided, it seems, that they're willing to pay for goaltending, they're willing to pay for centermen, and they're willing to pay for defensemen. And not just pay in terms of prices, but pay in terms of asset value. And so scoring wingers, even really good players, have gotten squeezed. I mean, the Canucks will play Sonny Milano today, who, you know, got a PTO on the, in the wake of a 40-point season for Anaheim last year, right? I mean, that's unheard of five years ago. Um, you know, he's playing on a one-year one year deal, that, he, and he spent time in cleared waivers. Um, you know, Oliver Bjorkstern went for, what, a third and a fourth? He's a, he's a pretty consistent 60-point guy making $5 million in his mid-20s. Um, it's grim out there. It's grim out there for teams trying to move money on the wings. Like, teams believe that they can replace it. They believe that they can find good players affordably. Um, they're not going to pay significantly for those types of guys. Now, there are teams with a fair bit of regard for both of those players. I think there's teams that would have far less regard, so they're sort of polarizing in terms of their overall value. Um, but, you know, I think the like I, I think the Canucks would have been willing to trade one of them or trade Garland anyway over the over the course of the offseason. Like at, at the draft in Montreal, I, I regularly heard Garland's name as, you know, being available, being out there in, in talks. And, you know, I don't think teams were lining up to part with the sort of young player that the Canucks were looking for in that deal. Uh, and then with the way the offseason turned out, uh, played out, you know, I, I do think winger values have continued to do, be depressed. Uh, so we'll see. Like, I think it's probably unlikely to make th that the club would be able to make those deals in season uh, unless it was for, you know, a, a guy with similar money and maybe one year of term. Like, maybe that's how you can get ahead of it if you want to try and do it in season. I think that would be very difficult. I'd, I'd put that at a remote possibility. Um, and then in the summer, we'll see if, it, if, we'll see if that market rebounds a bit um, from, it, from the depressed state that it was in last summer. But you know, I don't know that I'd expect it to uh, with how teams have decided uh, that they want to attack and build their own clubs, uh, you know, in this in this era, which is blue line goalie center. The fact that JT Miller has struggled defensively at center and is now back on the wing, does that impact the Canucks decision on Horvat? It has to. 
Do you think? Like it has to. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I think it's pretty simple. I, I think it has to. And yeah. No. I, I, Centers you know, are important. Center. Uh, well, I mean, what did we just talk about? Yeah. Exactly. Teams are willing to pay for centermen, and they're reluctant to pay for wingers. And there's right? a reason if, for that. And if JT Miller is a full-time winger now, uh, if he's not an option as a top six centerman at all. Right, like if his utility at center basically is breaking class in case of emergency, injury replacement short term. Right, if he's a, a winger rather than a forward, and I don't think he's a natural centerman. Right, um, you know, I was saying this last year too. This is not a convenient take for me. This is one that I've been crushed for for months in this market. Um, I, I just like how his skills play on the wall better. I like when he has the puck a little bit less. I like when he has to make quicker decisions as opposed to thinking the game. I think he's really good as an F1 on the forecheck as opposed to as an F3 reading the play more slowly. I think all of his game works better on the wall. That's always been my take. And, you know, that said, I don't think he's unplayable at center. And this year, his defensive metrics have looked unplayable at center. So I, I don't think he's as poor an option there as he's looked to begin this season. But the way that this season has played out, and the way that he's played with Horvat on the wing, right? I mean, that I don't think we're going to see him at center again anytime soon, so long as, you know, they've got this configuration in the top six, which, you know, I love. Like, this, this top six has given them an extra gear. What, what's, like, line item one in what, how, the, how the Canucks have sort of won five of their last six games? It's that Horvat and Miller playing together have given the Canucks sort of two good top six forward lines, something they didn't have, right? I mean, that's that's been the number one reason why this team, like, people can say things like, oh, you know, Kyle Burrow's getting back in the lineup or Ethan Bear's impact, and it's like, sure, fine, you know, that's great. That's marginal stuff, right? The, the, the Canucks having a really dangerous top six has been key here. And so, yeah, I mean, the answer, to, long and the short of it is, I don't know how you replace Horvat. <laughs> that, that is what it is. Like that's good. Well, yeah, that, and and that's the thing. Project. Yeah, yeah, and and if you and if you lose Horvat, then all of a sudden you're, you know, you're looking for a centerman. Then, <laughs> even if you maybe if you probably for years. Yeah, Nils Oman two C lock it up. Oh boy, I mean Nils Oman. <laughs> no, 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 no! Don't, 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 don't! It's a, it's just a joke. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. Don't go down yeah, that road. Like, I was like, you're really giving me the Nils Oman prompt because I can go. No, no, no. You know what? I, <laughs> no, no. In, in a different time where there's actually a, a universe that exists where there's a Nils Oman prompt, I will give it to you. But for now, we have so much more business that we need to attend to. We only got a half hour left on the program. So, Drancer, thanks for doing this. We really appreciate it. Have a good show today. Enjoy the game tonight. We'll do this again next week. Thanks, boys. See you, buddy. YouTube, thanks. That's Thomas Drance from The Athletic and the Canucks Talk. Not the Canucks Hour. Canucks Talk here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, I need to do another soccer report brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Um, We are, Jason, on the precipice of maybe the continent. The continent, not... Africa's greatest World Cup ever. So what's happening right now is that Senegal is up 1-0 on Ecuador, and if they can hold this out for the remaining 30-plus minutes that are going to be in this match, Mm -hmm. they're going to move on to the round of 16. And maybe play England. Right. Morocco, 
who uh, we've probably talked about the least in this group, but maybe has been the most surprising slash impressive in Canada's group, mm-hmm. uh, not only has a chance to get to the round of 16 as well, but also has a chance to win the group quite realistically right now. If they beat Canada and then let's say that Belgium and Croatia draw or whatever or what have you, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in that match. Morocco could very well go top of the group. they got a good chance to qualify. That's two of the African countries. You've got Senegal with a pretty good chance to get out of their group because they beat uh, South Korea. And then Cameroon is still alive, but they're going to need things to break their way in their group, and they're going to have to beat Brazil in the last match. So let's, That seems tough. Let's say that it's uh, Senegal, Ghana, and Morocco. There's never been three African countries to go to the round of 16 in a World Cup before. Mm-hmm. So right now, you're going to say... Uh, it's looking, and by the way, Netherlands just went up 3-0 on Qatar, so that's done. So they're probably going to win that group. They are definitely going to win the group. And they will probably play, probably, play the winner of the U.S.-Iran. Right. So it gets a lot more difficult for whoever emerges from that group having to take on a, a, a Dutch team that's looked pretty solid. Now, that group hasn't been great, but I'll be really fascinated by this. Let me just finish this. Or do you have more soccer? No, no. Okay. Uh, the soccer report was brought to you by Certain Teed. The pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainteed, pro all the way. Uh, send in your what we learns. Get them into the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. Don't forget, we're giving away Canucks tickets. Uh, it's to Thursday's game against the Florida Panthers, and that is the night the Canucks will be honoring the Sedins and Roberto Luongo for going into the Hall of Fame. So it's going to be a very, very special night. In Vancouver, so get your what we learns. And how many t- uh, pairs of tickets are we giving away today? Just one? Just, just one. Just one. You're listening to the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Time now for Sportsnet 650 traffic from the City News 1130. Now for my favorite part of the show. Well, that's a talk to the audience. Oh, God, this is always dead. 8.32 on a Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Halford Bruff, Sportsnet 650. Halford Bruff of the morning is brought to you by the Delari family of Acura dealers. Experience the Delari difference today by visiting your nearest Delari Acura dealer today. Hour three of the program is brought to you by North Star, or sorry, Campbell & Pound Real Estate Appraisers. Trust the expertise of Campbell & Pound. You can visit them on the internet at campbell-pound.com today. Now, I mentioned throughout the day, whenever we talked about the World Cup, that because there was only three spots in the final 16 claimed, that there was going to be a lot of drama this week with the final group stage matches. My God, has Ecuador and Senegal lived up to expectations. So prior to going to break, I kind of did a soccer report talking about how potentially great this tournament could be for African countries. Because Senegal was up 1-0, and if they had held the lead over the final 30 minutes, they would qualify into the round of 16. In the break, where Jason and I both got up to use the facilities and grab a drink, Ecuador (laughs) scored in the 67th minute to make it 1-1, and then for a brief moment, they were in the second spot in the group. Three minutes after that, Mm -hmm. uh, Kalidou Koulibaly, the Chelsea man, came up 
for Senegal and put them back in the lead. So now Senegal's back into the qualifying spot and Ecuador now needs a goal over the final 20 plus minutes. It's, as they say in football, absolute scenes from Qatar right now between these two. This, this has been a real roller coaster of a match. So if you can get to a stream or a television, uh, you're in for some entertainment over the next 20 minutes. But also entertaining, Halford and Bruff, what we learns. We do them now. We fire up the dot matrix. And that's because we're not doing any, right? Everyone passed? Uh, I, don't, I don't have one that yeah. I necessarily need to do. Does Does Laddie have one? Well, what we learned, Rupe Hintz is a rich rich man now. I don't know if you guys saw, he signed an eight-year contract with the Dallas Stars just moments ago. Over $8 million average annual value. So big money for Mr. Rupe Hintz. We need more Rupes. In, is, it, is it Rope or Rupe? I'm going with Rupe. It might be Rope. Uh, we'll have to get him on the show and find out. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I know about these guys in Dallas, the good, the young guys that are really good and mm-hmm. like are racking up points and like they're borderline star players, but I know nothing about them. Yeah. Like Hints, for example. I'm still not interested he in He has the a Dallas nickname stars. I found out. Uh, the Ace of Spades. Yeah, the Ace of Spades. What is that? I, I don't know. That, what is that in reference to? Someone, there, I saw a tweet from Mike McKenna saying, congratulations, Ace of Spades. And then the image that they tweeted with the signing. Has a bunch of cards in the background. Like no, you're, but you bring up a good point because nobody cares about Dallas, <laughs> right? That's it, and that's the thing. Like Jason Robertson, right now, I keep seeing all the the hardcore analytics people and the and the real deep dive hockey. I still nerds. don't know who he is. Is he? A, he's a player, right? That's yeah. leading the league in scoring. And I'm like, and, and, who is uh, Jason Robertson? <laughs> and who is this guy? Yeah, he has 36 <laughs> points in 23 games. Never, he's a Hart Trophy candidate. I'd never yeah. heard of him before. Nondescript and, name like Jason. Who's this guy? Like, he's but, been in the league for. Have you heard of his brother Nick? Because he plays for the Leafs. Oh, yeah, everyone knows Nick. Everyone knows Nick. A few times. Yeah, but it's it's wild it's that crazy. there there's a guy that is outscoring McDavid. I mean, not they're, they're basically on par, but he's putting yep. up point rates with McDavid. A lot of people are like, "That's your NHL MVP," mm-hmm. and he plays in Dallas, where it's like virtual anonymity. And we're talking about his his buddy Rope getting paid, and Robertson didn't get paid. Yeah, this is his you, third full season. Have you ever been interested in the Dallas Stars? Like even when they were Not winning really. cups, it wasn't entertaining hockey that no. they were playing. Really, um, every time I see a game on TV, it always looks kind of just reminds me of up. it. Just reminds me of the bubble. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, Dallas was the perfect. Oh like, God, bubble. Dallas is it? No, I'm not watching. I did not. Who was that Stanley Cup final again? The Lightning versus the Stars? Yeah. I honestly don't think I watched it. Who Dobin? Uh, I, I kind of remember talking myself into watching it and then immediately regretting talking myself into yeah. watching because it was boring and it's Dallas. Like, no mm-hmm. one cares, right? When I, was that? I don't even – like, we might have been off work then because it was in the middle of the summer, right? Yeah. That might have been our vacation. Everything was so screwed up then. It's true. The but, Stanley Cup final in the bubble in mid-August. Yeah, I do remember. Everything was just like, is there a game tonight? I don't know. We'll see how the tests go. And then sometimes they just didn't play them. They're like, we're just not going to play tonight. <laughs> um, I do I do kind of feel sheepish and maybe a little bit irresponsible journalistically, again. Uh, because like Dallas is it's a good organization, I'd say. They, they're fairly competitive yeah. year to year. When the GM's not calling out all their best players. That was the president. Oh, sorry. The president. Jim, that was Jim Lights. Yeah. Jim Nils too polite for right. that. Yeah. I but just don't care. I just don't care. Yeah. yeah. Mookie that I don't care. <laughs> Should we go straight to the humanoids? A dog, you got anything? Today? I, I was going to do a quick one on oh, okay. t- on, on Tiger Woods. Yes, please uh, Tiger. Um, he's got a, a a new injury that is keeping him from playing golf. He was he was going to return to the Hero World Challenge, which 
uh, benefits the Tiger Woods Foundation. It's played in the Bahamas. It's basically a vacation for all the players that uh-huh. get invited there. Uh, he cannot play, though, because he's got plantar fasciitis. Flat feet. In his right foot. It's not flat feet. It's just his feet hurt. It's flat feet, isn't it? Like, literally, like, he, like they're really thin, like his feet have been flattened. It's just one just- more thing to add to the list of this guy's injury toll. And I don't know, this might be the most embarrassing one, plantar fasciitis. Like, it happens It happens a lot to... Uh, the big, Albert the, big the big lumbering centers Albert in basketball. Always they always have the foot. bad feet. They always get the plantar fasciitis. It's a great insult, too. Hey, I'll, flat foot. Yeah. If, if anyone has actually had it, I've had a few friends that have struggled with this. Sounds like struggled with plantar fasciitis. <laughs> it really hurts, especially in the morning yeah. when you yeah, like well, your yeah. first step out of bed. You're oh, like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. It is. It's it's having flat, flat feet. Yeah, flat yeah. Foot. Less it, support it, from it, your arches. Is it is it over pronation? It's caused by over pronation. Uh, you need to get a doctor on the show. If the band no, it's is, more fun to just make it up. <laughs> uh, theories. It's like it's like, medical <laughs> theories. This sounds like a word. The long band that runs along the the, the bottom of your foot. Yeah. If it, it allows the arch of the foot to be low. That's what's commonly known as having flat foot or pe- plantar fasciitis. A right. short band of tissue. It stretches it out, right, sh- and then it causes it to be inflamed. Right. A short band of tissue i guess has the arc because it's shorter right yeah and that's where you don't have flat feet right we should probably just talk to the people at kintech about this i bet they well, exactly. probably deal with plantar fasciitis a lot <laughs> explain this is a- explain flat foot yeah <laughs> hey kintech you guys guy. heard of this thing called plantar fasciitis? anyway tiger's foot hurts and he can't play golf oh. give us a moo cow actually i'll steal a listener is what we learned because i actually didn't know this this is how little i know about jason robertson he is a filipino descent when was the last time we had a filipino lead of the league in scoring uh, sorry, I didn't sign the text, so it's Gary. Yeah, is, but um, yeah, I don't think there has been. No, I, I think that I didn't know. He's, I didn't time. even know he's a Filipino. That's how little I know about the player. I had um, no idea he was a Filipino descent. That's cool. Yeah, I think there's a handful right now. Matt Dumba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. And then they had a. Are uh, they California guys? The Robertsons? The Robertsons? No, they're. Uh, Where, are they Canadians? I think aren't they both from Toronto? I got to double oh, check God. on that. Um, just making things up. No, here. they're from California. So. Are they oh, California oh, okay. guys? Sorry, thank you. Thank you. I thought they were Ontarians. Um. Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Jets also did a Filipino Heritage Night. That's right, they did. Season. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, let's okay. do some uh, listener. What we learned, uh, Brian from East Van. What we learned is that Drance could talk about Nils Oman, Oman for the last half hour if allowed. Yeah, that guy has takes on everything. Everything, and usually that's a good thing. Usually, that's a good thing mm-hmm. because you can make it. Like he'll miss jokes. Yeah. Because of that, you're like Nils Oman as the two C, which is an obvious joke. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "I have a take on this." I hear a calculator flying, yeah. firing up in the yeah. background. No, 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 it's he's. We should play some. We should have a Drance bingo game. I don't even think Drance would be offended by that. But like, anytime he says, "I have to model something out," model which okay. is, I got an idea. You, you know, you know, Jeopardy, famous Jeopardy from the old show, where yeah. Halford would try and stump Bruff. Yeah, uh-huh. usually. Bruff got most of them, which is why I hated the game so much, because it just raised his ego even higher than it already is. Yes. You should face off against Drance in Jeopardy, and Halford is the host. I could do that. You should do that. Because I, I think Drance would beat you. Yeah, Drance And you're is... pretty smug with Jeopardy. I'm not smug. Yeah, I, you're no. smug. No, He's pretty smug. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's pretty smug. It's <laughs> a smug response. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> well, if, if one of I the... I mean, to be fair, you are good at it, if, so I'm if, not going to discount that. If one of the categories was... Uh, 
random NFL stats. Yeah. <laughs> I would be totally Okay, listeners screwed. in the text box, yeah. should we do this yes or no? I guarantee you 90 Well, everyone's going to say yes. I mean, it would be fun. But, but let's save it to the off season. I'll take uh, uh, <laughs> bottom six depth forwards for 200, yeah, please, like, Alex. Uh, NHL CBA for four. Oh no! The Oman. <laughs> but by the way, just so everyone understands, what we're talking about the Oman conversation. Was he said if you go back and look at Boudreaux historically and his deployments, he's always had a big-bodied sort of limited center that plays up the lineup more. Yeah. It was like Eric Fair in Washington was mm-hmm. the most notable one. Maybe David Steckel. Remember David Steckel? That's a fun name to so say. I, I delved into the Robertsons Wikipedia pages while you guys were going. Mm-hmm. On Good rant. job. Uh, they moved actually to Ontario a little bit later in their hockey career. Played junior a little bit in the Ontario. So. Moved to Michigan later. Right. So that's okay. probably where you're getting. It's the incredible from. how many of those um, families have to do that in the states. Like Thatcher Demko, I don't think his family moved across country, but mm-hmm. did he not have to go to prep school in Massachusetts? He like grew up in yep. San Diego. Yeah. And then they're like, uh, you might be outplaying the competition here in Del Mar. Yeah. Right? Like <laughs> you can't improve, just, right? Yeah. He's the best player in all of San Diego. The other yeah. note that I found on the Wikipedia page, there have been three players with Filipino descent in the NHL, okay. including uh, Robertson, Matt Dumba, yep. and Tim Stapleton. Oh yeah, right. I he's, forgot he had I think he's playing in the K right now, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So the former Thrasher and Winnipeg Jet. Uh, unsigned what we learned, a three-game win streak and four out of the last five in a week sure changes the narrative among Canucks fans. Does it? I'm sure some Canucks fans. Sure. I've seen it. I've seen the really pr- – again, I only casually wade into Canucks Twitter. And by that, I mean I, I check it out. I would never actively participate. That seems like hell. But uh, I have seen some of the most ardent pro-Canucks fans – Get negative, especially, I think, I don't know when the real low point was during the first 20 games, but maybe it was the seventh uh, multi-goal lead blown. Right, yeah. So they went to the depths of, yeah, even I, hand up, will acknowledge it, I, pro-positive fan, am, Mm -hmm. am disappointed. They've swung back. The pendulum has swung for them. I think they were always easily swung. But, they, you know, it's like, well, they've just won five of six. Never say never. Look at the standings. Other teams are struggling. There is... They're, they're, they're at their lowest point. At their very lowest point, they're like, I'm ready to admit that Thomas Drance might have had a point. That's exactly what it sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> the quivering voice. <laughs> the sad resignation that Drance... I still don't care for him. Yeah, the sad resignation that Drance owns you now. That's too bad. Um, and then three went. There's like never. For, I had a low point. At a low point. At a low point. And you know what the explainer is now? I've I've seen this starting to percolate on social media as well. Demko figured it out. No, no. It's that um, blowing all those multi-goal leads wasn't exclusive to the Canucks because it's happening around the league, right? Because new. I don't wish mentioned it with the Rangers. The Rangers have just blown two multi. They with three nothing and two nothing. Yeah. And they're like, well, it wasn't a Canucks problem after all. Everyone in the NHL is doing it. It's the cool thing to do. Yeah. It's See, like the Canucks in, are airtight. The Canucks like, are trendsetters. It's like in Billy Madison when they're all peeing their pants. It's like, look at me, I'm cool. And then I'm everyone blames the goalie. Yeah, right. the, Canucks, the Canucks are Miles Davis. Yeah. <laughs> look at me, I'm cool. I've done this more than everybody. Seven of them. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Mike, the urologist from Brockville. What we learned, the Canucks are stressing me out because they're doing what we thought they'd do. Mm-hmm. They're playing better than the beginning of the season, and now they're going to fight for a playoff spot, and we're going to push our chips in and continue the perpetual motion machine of mediocrity. 
And then he completes that with, I still need major change. I like that. The perpetual motion machine of mediocrity. It's a mouthful, but I like but it. But there's some good alliteration right Perpetual at the end. Perpetual motion machine of mediocrity. Yeah, I like that. It it is it, okay. it is a it's I mean it is a thing, right? You, you, if you hold on to the hope that maybe we're about to turn the corner, maybe we're about to turn the corner, mm. you can't you can't tear it down then. And then you miss the playoffs by one point in draft twelfth. Yep. And then you're like, yeah, but look at the way we finished. <sighs> By the way, speaking of drafting in the middle of the first round, what's going on with uh, Lekaramaki? There was something on Twitter. He is in concussion protocol. So his season has been um, bad. <laughs> it's been bad. Yeah. He hasn't been very good yeah. for his team. And now he's in concussion protocol, which isn't his fault, but it adds to the badness of the season to the point where – are we even going to see him at the World Juniors? Because that's coming up. It's not that far away. It's like a month away. The yeah. World Juniors, he's in. He's going to miss a few games. Um, so you add that onto the top of the fact that uh, he hasn't played very well. No. That's, I mean, been, that's been a problem. Can you imagine if the Canucks used their first-round draft pick on a Swedish kid who played in the World Juniors in the most recent one? And then he doesn't make the team. Did that happen to you, Levy? Did he make the Finnish team? And they got cursed? Held? Did he? Ma- They're not cursed yet. Did he? Uh, <laughs> really? Did he? Did he make the junior team? Then not make no, it? Then he, made it again? No, he. No, I don't think so. Okay, I don't okay. think. I don't think that happened to him. Okay, I'm trying to remember. But, but. it is concerning. Um, now people will be like, "You're calling this guy a bust." No one's calling him a bust. Didn't say that. But people. Are, but but I think it's a right to be concerned about whether or not the Canucks made the right choice here with this kid. Uh, not not because he's concussed, really, just before the the start of the season. But now that he is concussed, that everyone will have a good excuse. Mm-hmm. Did he? He had mono too. I think everyone, every bust that, um, or every player, yeah, mono. Every player that struggles that had mono is like, it's like he had mono. That's the kissing disease. <laughs> uh, what we learned. So you've never gotten it before. I think mono has <laughs> I'm struck. Mono free for forty three years. Mono has struck every uh, drafted hockey player that has struggled in his draft plus one year, you just look for the like the, yeah. the mono. That's the Canucks curse. They draft a player, then he gets mono. Yeah. Every they gotta draft, draft they gotta <laughs> draft guys and, and and then be like, uh no kissing. Yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, guys. Uh <laughs> we have a strict we have a strict rule here in Vancouver. Once you're drafted and you're part of this organization, you don't kiss. Just draft some unkissable <laughs> guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's this kid? God, about? look at these Canucks yeah. draft picks. Like, like, like the kid from Mask or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Rocky? All right. Thank God that's a made up character. Thank God. Not a made up character. It is a made up character. It wasn't the elephant man. He's a great the elephant idea. man. No, I know. He's a He's a modern day elephant man. <laughs> I know. He's sliding a first center face you know, off. Dear God, what's yeah. wrong with this guy's face? At least he didn't get mono. <laughs> yeah. You know who That's we should why make, they drafted You know me. who we should really throw in the crosshairs here is the horribly disfigured child from that movie. <laughs> That's a good movie, actually. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! I was like, of all the ways we were going to get canceled collectively <laughs> as a show, I didn't think it was going to be because we made fun of Rocky's lack of kissability. 
All right, Focus. read on what we learned. Uh, Chayton and Surrey, hashtag WWL, what we learned. Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo is going to fund a TV special, CSI Lisbon, to prove his single strand of hair propelled the ball into the net, providing the injustice of awarding yesterday's goal to Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, did you see this? I saw the uh, the controversy. I don't fully understand. Not really a controversy. Who was though. awarded the goal? Bruno Fernandes. Okay. He whipped in the cross. Mm-hmm. One of those cross shots, you know, like sure, it's a cross, but it's also in. going in. Yeah. So if Ronaldo f- adjusts the trajectory of the cross, it's going to go in by a header. If he doesn't, it's just going to drift into the net. I saw like Zapruder-like analysis from the internet. People were really determined to get Ronaldo another goal because they, they later scored on a penalty. Right. And he wasn't on the pe- – but pretty sure he was subbed off at that point, mm-hmm. so he couldn't even take it and get the freebie. But this World Cup is um, – Again, this is depth of social media. I've just kind of been following this, but there's the real Ronaldo v. Messi because Messi had that huge goal for Argentina against Mexico on the weekend when it was Mm -hmm. nil-nil and he broke through and scored in open play, right? As opposed to Ronaldo who scored from the penalty spot. But uh, that that matchup is – it's kind of percolating. Like this, the tournament's still too young to start projecting when they're going to clash, if they're going to clash. Right. But – uh, Portugal's been solid mm-hmm. through their first two victories. Like not they're outstanding, through. but they're through. Yeah. I think despite the setback against Saudi Arabia, Argentina's good to go through. Like I think they'll get the job done. Yeah. They well, yeah. no wait a minute. Well, who the, who did they play? Poland? They've got Poland. Right. Yeah. I just think I think the the mental hurdle of because the, the Mexico match was in the balance for about mm. 60, 70 minutes, and people were like, is this it for Argentina? Because they can't lose to Mexico after losing to Saudi Arabia. But did then, Mexico and Poland draw? Yeah. They no, they no. drew, so there's a possibility, I suppose. Technically, that... Poland's top of the group right now, right? Right. So that's where it kind of comes down to. If Argentina goes out and beats Poland, they move top of the group. and then... Mexico may not go through, though, right? And oh, that Mexico's, will be the... Mexico's in huge trouble. That, that, that'll be the first time in a long, long time right. they haven't qualified for the round of 16. And I think if they don't go through, that would really cap off a bad... Terrible World Cup. Terrible World Cup, including the qualification where they didn't win CONCACAF. They've scored no goals. God, they lost to Canada. How embarrassing. Yeah, Uh, they've scored no goals. They have one point. They're bottom of their group, Mexico. Like, it has been a bad tournament. So they're going to have to run it up on Saudi Arabia. Right. Which is possible, though. But even then, it still might not get it done. Right. That's the thing. Uh, Ben and Langley, what we learned, my six-year-old son started cheering for the Oilers last night because he loves Connor McDavid. I learned that my love for my son might actually be conditional. (laughs) Ben, uh, if he loves Connor McDavid, I think that's okay. I think that's that's totally fine. To have a player like Connor McDavid be his role model, the guy that, he wants to watch highlights of the guy that he idolizes. That's okay. Mm-hmm. But just make sure that he knows that if the Canucks ever play the Oilers in the playoffs, which really doesn't seem likely Not right in away. the next little while, that he cheers for the Canucks. Wouldn't you want your kid to like, like a player like Connor McDavid? I think you can have an appreciation for him. But it's, it's a bridge too far to try and... Like, like we hated Gretzky growing up. Because me, me, me and all my friends hated See, like, Gretzky. I have an appreciation for Crosby, and I think part of it is that there's no real rivalry with the Canucks in any way, shape, or form. Pittsburgh, Vancouver, there's nothing. Right. right. Uh, I'd have a lot harder time if Crosby had done all this as a Calgary Flame. I'd probably hate 
Crosby a lot more. Yeah. Not that I hate him at all, really. Like he's fine, but he's never really done anything to the Canucks in one way or another. Like, I didn't even like a Ginla, and everyone's like, "How can you not like a Ginla?" Like, I didn't like place for Calgary. Are you kidding me? I didn't like a Ginla. Yeah, he plays for I, Calgary. I respected that he was a good player, but I didn't like yeah, him. I seems like a nice guy. Don't yeah, like him. I'd never cheer for him. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly. Pretty, that's pretty straightforward. The happiest guy I've ever seen in my life, and I hate yeah. him. <laughs> There's a lot of Rocky Dennis was real text coming through, <laughs> by the way. I just want to point that out. <laughs> well, you know, and another thing, Andy, is that you always get me about my timely movie references, which are not timely at all. One was Mask Made. <laughs> Mask know. was mid-80s, if not early 80s. 85. 85. Yeah. You could have spun that on its head and be like, I was talking about the Jim Carrey movie, The Mask. <laughs> the only reason I think about it is because of the, that Family Guy bit, which can't be aired. But You don't say. Yeah. You don't say. <laughs> uh, okay, we're up against it for time. Did we announce the winner for the tickets? Adam, the former bath guy. Congratulations, Adam, the former bath guy. You're off to see the Florida Panthers and the Vancouver Canucks and the Sedins and Luongo Hall of Fame night. That's all on Thursday from Rogers Arena. But that's a couple days from now. Uh, we are right at the death here of Senegal and Ecuador. If Senegal can hold on, they will be the uh, they will advance to the round of 16. I believe they'll be the first African country at this tournament to advance to the round of 16 as well. Yes, they will be. So uh, keep an eye on that and enjoy the rest of the matches today. It should be a fun day for footy, but we got to go for now. Uh, signing off, I have been Mike Halford. He has been Jason Bruff. He's been A-Dog, and he's been Laddie. This has been the Halford and Bruff Show on Sportsnet 650. Vancouver selects from the University of Michigan. It's some sort of hideous monster.